This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Before you start my clock, can we just magnify God for a couple of moments? I just want, I feel, I feel like we need to regard and welcome his presence in here today. Come on and lift up your hands and open up your mouths and offer a sacrifice of praise and worship and adoration and thanksgiving. Father, we bless and we adore you today. Father, we love you more than anything. So, Father God, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Speak to our minds, Father God. Illuminate us that we will leave this place changed forevermore. Father, we declare and decree that this time will be different because we will do something different and we will stick with it from start to success. Can we worship just for a few moments? Can we worship right here? Can we worship? I could do a whole lot of things for you, but I can't worship for you. You've got to open up your own. You've got to open up your own mouth. You've got to lift up your own hands and begin to magnify him. Magnify means make him, make him large, make him larger than anything else of the goodness of the goodness of God. I love your voice. Come on. Don't wait for a song surface. You always dive in. You bring your worship with you. If we wait for a song service, then we got to wait for them for the manifestation. Let's just dive in. Father, we bless and adore you. We bless and adore you today. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I know you as a father. I know you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life, all my life you have been faithful. All my life, all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath. Your goodness is running after me. Come on, who you're with the love. Your goodness is running after me. It's running. 
a revelation of that. You can't run fast enough to get away, to get away from the goodness of the Lord. Whose testimony is that besides mine? When I wasn't good, he was still good to me. With every breath that I am made I will sing of the goodness of God. I prophesy over you that you become a walking billboard of the goodness of God. People will see and behold the goodness of God in and through your life. Woo! In Jesus' name. A billboard of the healing power, of the restoring power, restoring power. A billboard of his goodness. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Ready? Go. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One more time. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When is faith? If it's not now then it's not faith. Would you have your seats and shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Glory to God and the highest. When I tell you I'm full today, I'm so full today. I've been carrying you and I've been carrying your family in my heart and I'm so full. I'm in, in such expectation of what God is doing in your lives. My discussion for today because I want to focus the first Sunday of every month specifically on family. The first Sunday of every month specifically on family so that we can take communion together, so that we can come together and be unified. So the first Sunday of each month, I want to focus on the family. My discussion for today is how to fight for your family. How to fight for your family. Pray fast and receive communion with your family. This is how we fight, and this is how we win. We should not be fighting against our family. We should be fighting with our family, and how to fight with your family is pray fast, receive communion with your family. Listen to me. Don't tune me out because I'm going to give you some principles to live by. When we talk about prayer, prayer is the greatest, most dynamic expression and privilege to partner with God. 
We get to partner with God. How amazing is that? We get to partner with the whole creator of the universe, the Alpha, the Omega. We get to partner with God so that his will is done in the earthly realm and even more specifically in your family. We get to partner. There's a privilege. There's a privilege to this partnership with God. We get to partner with him to get his plan, his purpose, and his promise into your family. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. It makes dunamis, explosive power, might, and ability available in your family. We know that prayer is a regular conversation with God, not just talking to God, but a conversation with God. It's a dialogue between you and the Father. And just like any other dialogue or any other conversation, when you talk, then there's a place for you to be quiet and listen. God has answered a lot of our prayers, but we got up and we left and we didn't listen for the answer. He had given us the specific direction, but we have you ever been talking to somebody on the phone and you're still talking and they hang up? And you, oh, and one more thing, and they accidentally hang up before you finish. That's what we do. We disconnect with them before we fully listen and get the clarity and the direction that we need. As you listen, you hear specific directions, specific instructions to fortify your family and take your family to the next level. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will. I remember reciting this and quoting this scripture over and over and over when it looked like my family wasn't going to serve the Lord. I had four teenagers. I was a widow of four teenagers. Can you imagine having four teenagers at one time and their daddy gone? That was tough, but I stayed on my knees. I continued to pray. I continued to do everything that I knew to do. And today I see the benefit of it. It didn't really look like nothing was happening then. I, I seize and I say my knees were bloody because I was on my knees. They were scraped up, you understand. But it wasn't a one and done. That's why I need you to get a revelation. We had an amazing time at family prayer the other week. But it is not a one and done. And it's a disservice if you put the responsibility on somebody else to pray for your family. Let's communicate with God. Let's literally have a conversation with God and listen to the directives that he is giving us concerning our families. It's not enough to just think about it. It's not enough to wish upon it. You've got to literally open your mouth and communicate with God. And I personally looked it up. And I couldn't find anywhere in the Bible where it talked about an unspoken request. If it's unspoken, how can it be a request? If it's unspoken, it's a thought. Am I making faith to anybody? And if you're like me, you got some crazy thoughts rolling around in there too with the good stuff. I must be the only one. With all that good juicy stuff that I have, I have a few crazy thoughts rolling around in there too. So it's not God's responsibility to try to filter through my thoughts. I have to open up my mouth and say my prayer. 
not think them. Remember when we were growing up, your mom put you to bed. She said, make sure you say your prayer. She never says, okay, get ready to go to bed and think your prayer. You have to open up your mouth and say something. I haven't found it in the word. Now, if you find it, let me know because I'm not a, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scholar, but I've never seen. So sometimes we make up stuff in church that sounds good, but just not good. So then we walk around frustrated because we have not gotten an answer to a prayer we never prayed. We just obsessed over it in our minds and we never opened up our mouth and prayed. Just like you have to open up your mouth in worship, you got to open up your mouth in prayer. Now I understand that God knows what we have need of before we ask, but the word God still tells us to ask. So you have to open up your mouth and you have to ask. You have to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and you have to pray with and for your family every day. This is how we fight and this is how we win. Okay, we'll, we'll jump and shout on the other side of, but it, at, this, at this juncture it might be a hub. Will she go hurry up and get past this part? I need to just walk through this because the, listen, I'm fighting. I'm fighting for your family. Don't leave me out here fighting for your family by myself. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Woo. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Ooh, I love that. That's just so poetic how it sounds, but it's a lot going on. He said, if, so it's, it ain't on God, it's on us. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. We got a lot of responsibility, don't we? Then he said he'd hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, your family is your land. You need your family healed. Then this is what we have to do. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Prayer is not trying to convince God. You don't have to convince God for your family. He said he wanted to bless your family down to a thousand generations. This is what he does. This is who he is. Family is God's idea. It wasn't even your idea. That's the very th first thing he gave man as responsibility was family. God would never tell us to pray if he had no intention on answering. Why would he tell us to pray and he didn't have any intention to answer? God wants to bless your family and he wants to bless you and your family indeed. As it pertains to fasting, fasting is a spiritual discipline. Fasting is not a manipulation tactic. Sometimes we think if we fast, then it, it pushes God and it manipulates God to do it. Fasting ain't for God. <laughs> fasting is for us to make us sens sensitive to the voice of the Lord, to 
draw our attention is to close the distractions and the noises of the the world and the things that are trying to pull us away from God so that we can clearly hear God, listen, hear so that I can align with his will, so that his will can be done in my life and in my family's life. Fasting draws you closer to God in intimacy, into me. See, and although this fast hasn't been comfortable, I don't think it's been comfortable. If it's been comfortable for you, you need to take it up a notch. (laughs) It should not be comfortable. Fasting shouldn't even be comfortable. But we got to take it up a notch. If if you're just going through it easy breezy, then take it up a notch. Take it up a little bit more because the flesh has bullied us long enough. Again, fasting helps to silence the noise of the flesh and the noise of the world. As we take the hand of God, as he quietly whispers, come away, my beloved. When he's calling us to come away, put the phone down. Turn TikTok off. Put the phone down from your friends. and He's saying, come away, my beloved. If he's asking you to come away, his beloved, he is giving you information for your life, health, and strength, and for your family. Listen to me. We can never be too busy to spend time with God. And I believe that he gives us a little test sometimes. And a test is not a bad thing because after a teacher stands up and teaches for a whole two weeks on mathematics, they give you a test just to qualify that you've gotten everything that they've given you. To understand that you've got the information. So I think sometimes I feel a test because I might be in the middle of a good old movie. I don't watch them often, but I'd be engrossed in a movie and then I feel that nudging in my in my shana mahata to come away. I most kindly turn it off. Because finding out the end of that movie is not good enough or not at the expense of me finding out what the end is gonna be, me reaching my supernatural divine destiny. So fasting carves out a place in your life that food can't fill. There's a place in us that food can't fill. There's a place in us that TikTok can't fill and Instagram can't fill. There's a place in us, listen to me, that a man can't fill and a woman can't fill. That spot is reserved for God. Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 and 18 in the Living Bible read this way. But when you fast, put on festive clothing so that no one will suspect that you're hungry except your father who knows every secret and he will reward you. At the brunch yesterday, one of my spiritual daughters was sitting there and she was just, just as cute as she could be. I said, why are you not eating? And she's like, oh, I'm still on my fast and I don't eat until a certain time. I was like, got it. It's no, I mean, I didn't feel sorry for her. She didn't even feel sorry for herself because she understands that there is a level of clarity that she's getting, a level of focus that she's getting that she didn't get before this fast. And this fast is opening her up for vision for her future destiny. That same passage of scripture in the voice translation says, when you fast, wash your face and beautify yourself with oil so no one who looks at you will know about your discipline. Only your father who is unseen will see you fast. And your father who sees in secret will reward you and he always rewards you openly. Now, when we're fasting, sometimes we take that fast as a badge of honor. Yes, indeed, I'm fasting this and 
it's not about that. Nobody should even know what you're fasting. People at your job and things like that. You don't have to walk around looking like you're going through. Understand that this is carving out a clear path so that you could see clearly today on the conference call. We talked about that song from 1972 when I was a child. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. But it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Because after the storm is over, the sun comes shining through. This is how you fight for your family. As it pertains to communion or common union, common union. Communion or communion means a mutual union, mutual agreement with Christ, an interchange or an interexchange in doctrine and discipline, sharing the covenant blood and body of the ultimate sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the man, Christ Jesus. The heart of God longed for companionship. This is a quote by Vicki Burke. The heart of God longed for companionship. When he made man, he made him in his own image and likeness because he wanted someone on his own level to commune with. Come on. We commune with God and God communes with us because God created us in his image and in his likeness because he wanted to fellowship with somebody on his level. Am I making faith to anybody? God longed for that kind of companionship, and we long for that kind of companionship as well. Vicki Burke goes on to say, although angels and other beings exist, they're not of the quality for true fellowship with God, because every other thing angels, animals, everything else is beneath the man because God created man so that he can fellowship with somebody on his level. We got to look at it this way. It's joining of two hearts as one. It's covenant. It's connection. It's common partnership of the mind, of the will, of the affections, and of the interest. God's interest should be my interest because my interests are sure his interests. What's important to me is important to God. Our hearts aligned with the hearts of Father God. So as you can see and hear me right here, I'm going to try to explain myself well so that you get me right here. As you can see, communion is not for everybody. Now, communion really is for everybody, but everybody is not in position to take communion. It is specifically and absolutely for those who have made Jesus the Lord of their lives and for those who have repented from sin and for those who understand its covenant significance. Communion is just not eating something. It has covenant significance. I need you to get a revelation that not only is God a promise giver, he's a promise keeper. So if everyone in your family does not qualify, you can always stand proxy for them as the ambassador of your family. 
You stand proxy for them. You stand as the ambassador of your family for them. That is how covenant really was made. One person represented the whole tribe, the whole clan. So one person cut the covenant with the other person and they intermingled blood. There were oaths and vows and there were words that were given and then blood was mingled. That's serious. When you talk about mingling blood, that's a serious thing. So you take communion with your family or you can take communion for your family. Listen to me. Don't be bound right here. If you don't qualify communion, no, no problem. You have a covenant partner that will stand proxy for you because we're not supposed to take it if we don't really feel the gravity. We really don't sense the gravity of it. And maybe you got something that you just refuse to forgive, then you're, you don't qualify for communion. But that's okay. Allow your family member to stand proxy for you while you're getting your heart right. While you're getting your mind right. So we should take communion with our families. And listen to me, you can take communion at home. You're supposed to take communion at home. You shouldn't wait for DFC to provide you your elements. You know what to get you some Welch's grape juice. <laughs> you know how to get some crackers or some unleavened bread. Have your supply at home so that whenever you need it, you have it. What communion is supposed to do is remind you of the promises of God. It's not magic juice that we drink in here. It's just a reminder to remind you of the covenant that God made with you, the covenant that God instituted with you. And he offered the very best sacrifice there ever was or ever will be. John said it this way, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you should regularly pray and regularly fast and regularly take communion with your family as well as because we like to say, well, I did that, but you got to keep going. <laughs> I've done everything. Oh, no, you haven't. Not only should you pray and fast and take communion, you should repent as well. Some people are grown, good and grown, and never received an apology from their, their mother or their father. And sometimes as parents, we're prideful. Even though we know we're wrong, we don't even want to apologize. Or even to your husband or your wife or your siblings. Let us get to a place where we're humble enough to apologize. I got three amens right there. We have to get to a place where we take full responsibility to repent. Now, here's the thing. Often we don't mind repenting to God. We just ain't trying to repent to the person. <laughs> we'll repent to God. Lord, forgive me. Lord, be crying of tears with it, man. We'd have it made. But then when it comes to going to your own husband, your own wife, your own daughter, your own son, your own mother, your own brother, your own sister. We don't have the humility to repent. Come on. The scripture told us, if my people who are called by my name would. That's the scripture. 
We have to be humble enough to go back and apologize. Also, acknowledge their efforts. If somebody comes back and apologizes to you, don't cut them off at the knees. Well, you just ought to about time. Don't do that. That's pride. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And even if in your mind you're like, yeah, how long is this going to last? Don't let it come out of your mouth. Take it to God. Don't cut them off while they're making an effort. So repent to God, but repent to them as well. Your family is precious. is the most valuable gift that you have that was given to you from God. So acknowledge their efforts and listen to me, always affirm them. Always affirm your husband. Always affirm your wife. Always affirm your son or your daughter. It makes everybody, I didn't think that I was a person that required affirmation. Until one day I was out running two miles and I didn't know if I could make it. I was just put, putting along. I was like, oh, my God. I just wish somebody would encourage me. A man came out of nowhere. He said, you're doing good. Let's go. I was like. <laughs> it gave me the little boost that I needed to keep on going. We all need affirmation. We all want to be appreciated. We all want somebody to regard the effort that we've put into it. Don't be so prideful that you cannot give your own family, your own children, your own husband, your own wife affirmation. And here's a, a, just a nugget, something extra that I'm adding on to it. When you do it publicly, it magnifies it. It makes it bigger. But listen to me. Don't just let all your affirmations be in public, though. Do your private affirmations as well. This is how we're fighting for our families. So this is what the Lord gave me. He said, don't gamble with your family. Don't gamble with your family. Don't take your family for granted. That's an arrogant assumption. Can I take a side journey right here? Sometimes people are so broke down and just distraught when somebody finally leaves. When they've had all that they take, could take and they leave. I can't believe they did that for me. And they go on and you wonder, they, not, they don't miss me? They don't this? They, listen, they didn't just leave you that second. They've been left you months ago. Because they kept showing up and you kept slapping them. Don't gamble with your family. Come on, come on, come on. I must say that again. They didn't just leave the day. They've been left. Because you took them for granted. You talked hard to them. You didn't appreciate nothing that they did. You compared them with other people. You criticized them. You did all kinds of things that cut them to the quick. And after they've grieved for a long time, they over it now. They dry their faces up and they go. Because by now, they're good and done. Listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Let's not ever take our families for granted. You, you got that family member just don't want to be bothered with nobody. You know why? They're done. Because every time they came, you had something to say. You pregnant again? You had something to say that just made them feel bad. How many baby daddies is this? 
That's not your business. And why would you try to make somebody feel small? Because all of us have made mistakes and all of us have areas that we're ashamed of. And it's arrogant of you to make them feel small for their mistake while with a straight face you're covering yours up. Come on. But by the time you've done that so many times, they just say, skip it. I ain't coming back. I don't want to be bothered. Let's protect our families and let's fight for our families. I know this is not jumping and shouting today, but we will. We will. We will jump and we will shout. Listen to me. Don't gamble with your family because when you gamble with your family, you lose. You lose. You risk it all and then you lose. You're being arrogant. You're being mean. You're being condescending. You're blowing the money. You're not being accountable. You lose. Gamble means risk something that's valuable. Your family is too valuable to risk. Come on. Don't let another man, don't let another woman turn your head at the expense of your family, your children, your wife, your husband. I will call a name, one of our former presidents was caught messing with somebody. When I thought that the person was about to be 36, 24, 36, and just the best supermodel in the world, I was like... Dude, you didn't risk the whole presidency, got the whole U.S. looking crazy. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Come on, let's not play Russian roulette with our own family. (laughs) Kenny Rogers said it this way, country singer. He says, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. No one to walk away, no one to run. You never count your money while you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing is done. This song called The Gambler by Kenny Rogers isn't even about gambling for real. This song is about life and knowing how to best play the hand that you've been dealt. Where are my spades players at? You don't always get the best hand, but you can win with a hand. That you, come on. Where are my big whist players at? Where are the tuck players at? You don't always have the perfect hand, but you can win with the hand that you've been dealt. God gave you, a fam- gave you your family as a gift. So honor your family. Cherish your family. Fight for your family. Stop looking at somebody else. You don't know. Look at your family and don't gamble with your family. Fight for them, not fight with them, fight for them. Because I'm out of time, I'm going to bring you back and keep picking up some principles on this. I got a lot of them. I'm talking about hold them and fold them and when to walk away. I I got this thing laid out, but I don't have enough time on the clock to pull it all out. But can I give you one principle? Let me me go to our community. I'll come back. If y'all need the, the information, I need you to come back. And that's why when I have you here, I try to give you as much as I possibly can because sometimes you don't show back up. So you miss the other part of it. And remember, this is not a one and done. So I give you the first part of it, 
and then you don't get the second and third part, then you come back and get the fourth part, and then with a straight face, you say, I did everything. No, you missed part of it. So you couldn't do everything, and that caused a delay in which you're believing God to manifest in your life. I believe the, commun- the, the stewards have already given the communion elements out. You already have your communion. So let's go straight to the communion scripture because how we fight for our family is we're going to pray and we're going to fast. And fast just means let, let something go. Don't put as much attention on that particular thing so that you have clarity of direction so that you can hear. So one of the ways that you can fast on a regular basis is at dinner time, sit down and eat together and then have a bucket or a bin and everybody put your cell phones in the bin so that you could talk. The TV doesn't always have to be on. You could do crossword puzzles just so you can work together. This is a problem-solving exercise. Come on, I'm trying to help us to fight for our family. I'm not willing to let your family go. I'm just not going to do it. But you shouldn't be willing either. Don't leave me out here fighting by myself for your family. Let's fight together and let's fight and win. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 20. 3 to 32 says, For I received from the Lord that which I have also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're supposed to remember. We're forgetful hearers. We hear and we walk away that quick and we forget what we've heard. This helps us to Remember, in the same manner, also he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. If we were to go down to 25, 26s in that same passage of scripture, it talks about examining ourselves. Before we're in position to take holy communion, the holy element, the holy covenant instruments, examine ourselves and I like how the scripture said it and it was very clear he said examine yourself not examine the other person you take the lead whether they do it or not whether they reciprocate it or not examine yourself and you take the lead listen to me when it looks like they're not getting it it looks like they're not reciprocating it looks like they are not valuing it when it looks like they're not regarding your effort understand that more is happening underneath the surface than what meets the naked eye and oftentimes we've been too broken and too wounded to trust the first time that you said it or the second or the third we need to see about 15 or 22 more times before we can naturally trust it So give them time because we've all hurt somebody, whether we meant to hurt them or whether we didn't want to hurt them. Everybody in this room has hurt somebody. And it's unfair to make one person pay for a mistake forever. Just like I want mercy and grace, I've got to give mercy and grace. So examine ourselves, inspect, scrutinize carefully, investigate yourself. Is there any area that I need to repent in? And repent is not a 360. Repent is a 180. I'm going to turn away from it and I'm going to put a safeguard so that I don't do that again. I'm truly repentant when I put a safeguard there. If I step on Michaela's foot and say, Michaela, I'm sorry. 
and I just make a game out of it. Sorry, Michaela, sorry. Just keep doing the same thing and keep saying, I'm sorry. Am I sorry? Or are just trying to keep the consequence away from me? When I'm truly sorry, when I'm truly repentant, when I'm truly remorseful, I put a safeguard and I go all the way around so that I don't see her foot again. Does that make sense? Let's repent to our family members. Let's repent to our husbands, our wives, our children, our parents, our siblings. Let's repent to God and then let's put some safeguards in place because Unless your heart is just rotten, we don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that person that cuts you with my mouth. I don't want my mouth to be a knife. I don't want to be that person. So I put safeguards in place. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.